This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 3rd, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. Some groups are trying to fight to stave off the end of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, the mortgage giants that played a substantial role in the financial crisis. Mark Calabria, director of the Cato Institute's Financial Regulation Studies, argues that shutting down the agencies should be a top priority to prevent another housing bubble and crash. So to remind ourselves, Fannie and Freddie are two large government-sponsored enterprises that buy mortgages from lenders. So they don't make loans themselves, they purchase them from others. They played a very big role in the financial crisis. They certainly were not the only cause, but they were one of many. Uh, And they were the largest bailouts in the financial crisis. The taxpayers put in a little bit over $180 billion, which again is larger than the bank bailouts, larger than AIG, or larger than the autos. Uh, Much of that money has been quote-unquote repaid uh, in terms of collected on the profitability and dividends paid by Fannie and Freddie. Uh, They still uh, receive a number of other subsidies that are a little less explicit. Uh, But their general consensus is in Washington that Fannie and Freddie should go. Uh, I think that consensus is absolutely right in that regard. Uh, of course, much of the Washington consensus is really just a desire to change the name and not change you know, a very broad system of subsidies for the housing market. Um, and so there are a variety of attempts, four different major bills in Congress uh, that are being debated that would end Fannie and Freddie. Uh, three of those bills would replace them with some sort of explicit government insurance for the mortgage market. Uh, and again, to me, essentially repeating many of the problems that got us into the crisis. What was the role of Fannie and Freddie in the financial crisis, certainly buying up mortgages somewhat indiscriminately? So there's a number of of roles that Fannie and Freddie played in the crisis. I mean, first, we had a housing – so I guess it's important to distinguish the housing boom and bust from the financial crisis because those are related but separate things. So Fannie and Freddie played a very big role in helping to drive a housing boom. Um, which later caused the financial crisis. They also played a very big role in the financial crisis in that essentially a lot of the Wall Street element of the financial crisis was a run, if you will, on the overnight lending markets, the repurchase markets. Fannie and Freddie were about a third of the collateral in that market. So their own problems, uh, their own uh, problems about credit losses, problems and suspicions about whether they should survive or not, did contribute to uncertainty and unease in, in the capital markets. But again, their biggest contributor was they helped inflate a bubble. They help uh, drive the subprime market. They were the single largest purchasers of private label securities in the subprime market. So they helped drive down lending standards. Again, they were one of many players, but they were the most outsized compared to anybody else. What would happen to the housing market if Fannie and Freddie were to go away next week versus wound down over the next few years? So certainly some of this question is always going to be short-term versus long-term effects. And of course, the question is going to be, you know, how over what time would you do this? And so all of the bills, whether it's, you know, on the right from uh, Jeb Henshelene or from Maxine Waters or, or from Tim Johnson, all the bills have a five to seven year wind down of Fannie and Freddie. So there's no discussion in Washington, any serious discussion that imagines, you know, big bang, they just go away in 24 hours. It's all very long time horizon. So to the extent that Fannie and Freddie uh, provide subsidies that are capitalized in the housing prices, you'd see housing prices decline with the reduction of Fannie and Freddie. Um, It's certainly always important to keep in mind in these issues. We don't have a national housing market. We have lots of local housing markets. So the the price declines in, say, Houston would be probably close to zero. The price declines in someplace like San Francisco that is very supply constrained might be closer to 7 10%, somewhere in that range. Um, Now, I look at it as that means Housing housing is actually more affordable. Now, you know, so the question is: over time, 
are lower house prices are good or a bad thing? Certainly in the short run, they're often looked at as problematic because they might have reductions in, sp- in spending impact. But of course, that means renters are better off. So the overall economic literature, I think, is actually fairly clear and robust that Fannie and Freddie and many of these mortgage subsidies have not delivered uh, long-term sustainable growth in the housing market and home ownership, uh, and that if we got away with them, prices would eventually adjust, and we'd probably have a more efficient and effective housing market. We should probably remember that in 2005, 2006, George W. Bush was running around the country proclaiming the wonder that is this 60% plus uh, home ownership rate that we had, the highest in, oh, yeah. if not ever, a very long time. It's the highest we've ever, certainly have, we've had in terms of data, which goes back you know, certainly to the late 1800s. So we certainly have some sense of what housing market trends have been. Um, Certainly worth noting that that uh, trend was temporary. <laughs> we are back. Uh, homeownership numbers today are back to where they were in the mid-90s. This is also the interesting thing about Fannie and Freddie, in my opinion. They had essentially single-digit market share before the 80s, yet the homeownership rates we see today, the long-term homeownership rates we've seen in the last couple of decades, we achieved by around 1960. So the point being is we've had this massive growth in housing subsidies, secondary mortgage market that has essentially delivered no long-term increase in homeownership. What should happen to Fannie and Freddie? How should they go away? Now, um, I'm a little biased here in that when my time working on Capitol Hill, I ha- helped craft a receivership framework for Fannie and Freddie, which is essentially administrative bankruptcy. That's what we should have used in 2008. That's what we should use today. We have a set of rules in place that would allow losses to be imposed on creditors that would allow the organizations to be liquidated in an orderly basis over five or six years um, so that you're essentially liquidating the portfolios uh, and liquidating the assets. Again, like a normal bankruptcy. Uh, so they should be put out of their misery. They should be put of our our misery. There is a framework in law to do so. We don't need to reinvent the wheel. Mark Calabria is director of the Cato Institute's Financial Regulation Studies. You can read more of his work at cato.org.